Welcome back to the Citizens Defending Freedom show. Coming up today, how the Citizens Defending Freedom spokesman put liberal TMZ hosts on their heels. Also, how a Tennessee aquarium had a job posting with one of the most significant requirements being for job seekers to not be white. And how a mother of a Lakeland student was given a trespassing warrant after reporting a video to school administrators that a student made of her daughter being shot. All this and more up next. But first, be sure to head to our website, citizensdefendingfreedom.com, and hit the subscribe button to make sure you don't miss out on any of our content. In case you missed it, Citizens Defending Freedom was on TMZ. Let's take a look. An organization that helps parents uh, in Florida to uh, deal with books that they find problematic uh, is um, their national spokesman is James Judge. The name of the group is the Citizens Defending Freedom, and James is their national spokesman, and he's joining us right now. What about, for example, the um, the, the civil rights movement, say, um, uh, the trajectory for the LGBTQ community, where, you know, it started with Stonewall, and then it just graduated and graduated and graduated. What about teaching that element of history? Um, there are some groups that oppose that. And I'm just wondering how yours feels. Sure. Well, I mean, when it comes to the LGBTQ uh, community, um, I think it's it's okay to oppose that. If you're a Christian, it is absolutely okay to oppose the alphabet movement. And I say alphabet movement because every week we're adding another letter. Um, at the end of the day, uh, it is, it's about protecting our children. That's what it's about. And if something is promoting racism or hatred or it's promoting uh, pornography or violence were opposed to James, that. though, the, the LGBTQ, what Harvey was talking about, is really history. And just like you said, slavery, you see that, that, you know, that happened in this country, that is history. We should teach, We, I think we all agree that we should teach children what history was in this country, and that includes the civil rights movement for all sorts of groups, including the LGBTQ. Or it doesn't mean that you have to embrace that, it, that you have to embrace it, but that is, it happened. Sure, would you be supportive of teaching um, this nation was founded on Judeo-Christian values? But why is it, why are Christian values the standard right, for, for, for deciding what students learn? It's like, I'm not Christian. Okay, I'm not Christian, so I don't want Christian right. values imposed on but me. It's I hold on, let me just say, I don't want any religion imposed on me when I'm in school. I want to learn, and that doesn't mean I have to embrace everything I learn, but I'm not Christian, and I have a right to go to school. And so why don't we just take Christian values out of school and teach history and let people decide and develop how they want to develop rather than saying that's not Christian therefore we should ban it. Oh it's not about it's saying it's not Christian but what you're saying is that we're going to pick and choose what history we're allowed to teach and I think that that's that's not exactly right either. If we're going to talk about it we should talk about it. We should talk about this nation being founded on Christian values and we should talk about the history related to it. I actually think we're on the same page here. I don't think that we're uh were that uh, opposed here. And, uh, I, I, don't, I, don't, I think I just, we're on the same page. I just but. want to test something. There are people who say that the LGBT community is antithetical to Christian values. There are people out there who say that. Sure. Does your group say that? I mean, it is. It's, it's pretty clearly defined in the Bible what a sin is and what isn't a sin. Um, when you get you know, back to trying to relabel what's a sin and what isn't a sin, then we have a problem. So do you uh, have you know, a okay. majority so, of Americans so, so are now Christian. We're getting, now we're getting to the heart of the matter. Right. I, I, so do we're you, not on the same page. So and, do you think, I, I, final question, so 
if it's antithetical to Christian values, I mean, look, I'm being clear, my position is that shouldn't matter um, when you teach students, but you seem to be saying that those values should trump any history of LGBTQ life. Not at all. What, what I'm saying is that where do you draw the line? Do we put, um, you know, cigarette vending machines in schools? Do we have a uh, uh, gambling in schools. I mean, where do you draw the line when it comes to protecting children? Civil rights. Um, how about civil rights? And, and again, when you're teaching history, I, I don't have a problem with it. When you're teaching kids how to perform fellatio, that's inappropriate. Well, we agree on that. Yes, <laughs> we agree on that. Maybe we should just leave it there because that's okay. the one thing maybe we, we have agreed on. Did you know the Tennessee Aquarium is discriminating against white people? According to multiple press reports, the Tennessee Aquarium posted the following in its job application for a community engagement director role in 2021. Applicants must be of a minority group that would include, but is not limited to, African American or Black, Native Hawaiian or Pacific Islander, Asian American or Asian, American Indian or Alaska Native, Hispanic or Latino, and applicants who consider themselves to be more than one race. Apparently, as long as you're not a white person, you can apply. Citizens Defending Freedom condemned the Tennessee Aquarium after a lawsuit alleged that three qualified applicants for a job opening were denied the position simply because they were white. The lawsuit claims that the Tennessee Aquarium removed the job description after the position was filled and that an African-American applicant was hired to fill the vacancy. The plaintiffs are suing for compensation for lost wages, along with emotional distress, humiliation, mental anguish, embarrassment, pain and suffering, and other damages. If you ask us, they may have been better off not working in an environment where discrimination allegedly runs that rampant. In other news, a Lakeland student made a video depicting the murder of another student while the school suggested there was no wrongdoing. Hey, Jit, give me your lunch money. No. Man, I don't got to give you nothing. Oh. You must be new here, huh? Yeah, I just transferred the other day. Yeah, bro, well, we don't care. Nah, Jit, tripping. Well, let me tell you something. Punk. Oh. You see, I run this school right here. When I ask for your lunch money, you give it to me. Nah, jit, bro. Look, bro, you must not know me. I ain't giving up nothing. Look, bro, I ain't gonna ask you again. Give me the lunch money before I get crazy in here. For real. Oh. I said I ain't giving up nothing. Nah, jit got the strap. Hey, tough guy, just chill out. You know what? I'm just gonna take it. <laughs> nah, jit got popped in the hallway. That's crazy. Can you believe that? According to the victim's mother, this ugly scene unfolded at Roosevelt W. Blake Academy in Lakeland. Trisha Brown, who is the mother of the victim, a white 11-year-old girl, says she brought the video which depicted the killing of her daughter to the attention of school administrators. The disturbing video was posted on TikTok and depicted what appears to be the killing of her daughter. Days after the school ignored the incident, Brown says she returned to the school, this time bringing with her a May 31st court date showing that she had a hearing to gain a protective order against the student who made the video. After reporting the incident and providing the court document to the district, the school resource officer reportedly told her she was no longer welcome to return to the school campus. Here to tell us more about this incident and how Citizens Defending Freedom has been involved in helping the mom in Lakeland is Robert Goodman, Executive Director for Polk County Citizens Defending Freedom. Robert, how did this get brought to your attention? So we first learned about this situation when our education lead got a call from the parent and one of her friends, and they wanted to let us know that her daughter had been the object of a TikTok video threat. Um, she had already contacted the school, 
the the video first appeared over the weekend on May 13th or 14th. She brought it to the school's attention on May 15th. The school told her it was not a credible threat. She told them that it was a credible threat, that a shooting threat against her daughter had to be taken seriously. And for some reason, instead of going after the child who made the video, they trespassed the parent from being able to go back on school property. So to my knowledge at this point, she is still trespassed from, from the school. We learned about it four days later on May 18th, and we took immediate action. We recommend she call the state school board, which she did. The state school board told her that it indeed was a credible threat. And I think that's what started the ball rolling with this is the fact that she reached out to the state school board. Um, she was later told that the fifth grade student had been arrested. We learned that that was not the case. The case had been brought to the state attorney. However, the state attorney has an empty file for the case. They don't have any information as of yet. And today's May 30th, so now it's 12 days later, and it doesn't seem like anything has happened at this point. Had the child been arrested, she would have gone to a juvenile detention center, and our sheriff told us that that would put this fifth grader in company of some really bad children. What we don't know is why the child wasn't put on in-school suspension, removed from the classroom, or got or received an out-of-school suspension. She was just returned back to the regular student population. When the story broke, the girl who made the video told the girl who was threatened in the video that she wanted to kick her mom's ass. And then she even found a way to get in to get the mom's cell phone number and the person who made the video reached out to the mother who immediately blocked her but we do have a screenshot of that by the way there is a second video so the video that has been made public is not the only one this girl made another video threatening another student and i'm not sure how many people know about that at this point but it was not a single threat Robert, what did the school district have to say about this? So the story broke on May 19th, and on the same day, the school district put out a video saying that they are aware about the video, who about the TikTok video. And I'm going to quote from the press release. It says, we discovered that the video had been created during the previous weekend, not on school property, and thus was not a situation where we would have the authority to handle the matter with school discipline. Blake Academy staff met with the parent of the alleged victim and explained the situation, and yet the parent wanted to file charges. It goes on to say that the parent was removed from the school and trespassed. Now, we looked up the state statute and the local school board policy, and that statement is a direct contrast to what the law and the policy says. Uh, state statute 1006.147, and local school board policy 5517.01 read identical and it says that it does not matter if the cyberbullying was done on a computer or software accessed at a non-school location or through a technology that is not owned by the school district so the question is why would they say that they couldn't do anything if it wasn't on a made at school or on a school device when the law and the statute clearly say that it was, that they can do something. We brought this to local Sheriff Grady Judd, 
And Grady Judd said that the principal had been trained on the law and the school staff had been trained on the law and they handled it completely wrong. Um, so we are not sure why that statement was made. And it gets even odder. So they said that it was not a credible threat when the parent first met with them. After the story broke, they offered the parent a hope scholarship where she could pull her child out of the school and have her child go to a different school. Well, you can't give a hope scholarship if there's not a credible threat of bullying. So either there was a credible threat of bullying or now because they want the situation to go away, they're gonna give her a hope scholarship even if there was not a credible threat. So nothing seems to add up in this case. Mm -mm. It doesn't seem to add up and it's quite contradicting as well. Thank you, Robert. As Pride Month is in full swing, the Los Angeles Dodgers have caved to the woke mob and decided to celebrate a heinous anti-Christian transsexual organization in their upcoming gay pride night. The Dodgers recently announced that they would reinvite a group called the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, an organization of queer and trans nuns that openly makes a mockery of Christianity and Catholicism in particular. Previously, the Dodgers had decided to uninvite the sacrilegious Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence after facing fierce backlash from conservative groups. But later, they flip-flopped back to their original position after the LGBTQ community demanded that they be included. After facing backlash from the anti-Christian woke left-wing mob, the Dodgers reversed course for the second time and re-invited the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence to the event. In the weeks ahead, we will continue to work with our LGBTQ plus partners to better educate ourselves and find ways to strengthen the ties that bind and use our platform to support all of our fans who make up the diversity of the Dodgers family, the Dodgers said in reversing their decision. With me today is James Judge, National Spokesman for Citizens Defending Freedom. James, thank you for being here with me today. What do you think of this situation? Hey, thank you so much for having me, Lindsay. Um, what we're seeing with the Dodgers is really, uh, it's despicable. Um, and it's also kind of shockingly stupid. A lot of these organizations over the years, they've ignored traditional public relations guidance, uh, which would say, stay in your lane. You know, if you're responsible for selling uh, clothing or groceries, sell clothing and groceries. Uh, if you're a sports team, throw the ball. Um, at the end of the day, people are tuning into sports because they don't want to pay attention to the politics or what's happening in the news. Uh, they're trying to turn that, you know, that part of their life off so they can go enjoy watching a baseball game or a football game. And instead, what these, these organizations are doing is that they're, they're literally bringing uh, super divisive issues like this LGBTQ nonsense. Um, and they're throwing that in the faces of their loyal audience and fans, which I think in the end, you've seen it with Budweiser. You've seen it with... Uh, target. I think you're going to see this backfire for all these organizations. What is your personal opinion on boycotting businesses and sports teams who are participating in these activities? Sure, absolutely. I think, um, you know, as a conservative Christian, I, I believe in voting your values. And that doesn't just extend to the ballot box. It also extends to your wallet. Um, we can choose to support the organizations uh, that echo our values. And then the ones that are flamboyant and against our values, we can choose not to shop at those places, whether it be uh, Target, the Dodgers, or um, your, your favorite shoe manufacturer. I think that you should look at what they stand for and decide whether or not you want to support um, those values. Ultimately, at the end of the day, they're going to spend their marketing dollars and resources to promote an agenda that either aligns with yours or doesn't. So don't just vote at the ballot box, uh, vote with your wallet. 
We agree, James. Thank you so much. That's it for today. Before we go, we want to leave you with an inspirational verse from the Bible. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope you join us for next week's episode. As you can see, Citizens Defending Freedom is doing important work. Help us today in our fight to protect children and push back against these radical ideologies. Please visit citizensdefendingfreedom.com where you can learn more about our organization and generously contribute to our cause. Have a great day and make sure to like us on social media and tell your friends about the great things we're doing. God bless.